0: Hello, everyone. Greetings from Christchurch, New Zealand. This is the first time I've done something like this, putting myself out on a podcast. But how this came about? So, this was from this was inspired from a community retreat that we had uh, for Father Michael, Father Sean, and I at the Beatitudes Community. We flew in Brother John of the Cenacle. Not John the Cynical, but John the Cynical, John of the Upper Room. And Brother brother John, Father John, um, is a priest of our community who is originally from France, but spent a lot of time in the Philippines. He's been a formator of our community, a novice master, and um, he gave a wonderful retreat that I thought had a lot of depth to it and a lot of simplicity. And that's a great combination. And I got more and more into the retreat as it went along, uh, was taking all kinds of notes, and was thinking, gosh, this is something i got to come back to. And then that thought led to, yeah, and the people that I'm accompanying, or the people at our parish, or the university students, man, these are some real wonderful jewels treasures principles here that would be great for them to hear as well and then the idea the inspiration kept evolving and i talked with my prior and it just kind of evolved into this plan of an at-home retreat through podcast where i'll i'll give eight talks and each talk will end with a meditation and so there'll be one day with a talk and then a free day where you can do your meditation, and then another talk, etc. And the first one will be released July 31st. Today for me is July 23rd. So uh, I'll put this out July 31st, what I'm speaking here now, and then we'll have the eight talks every other day. And so that'll end at the Assumption. And we celebrate the Assumption here in New Zealand August 14th. The rest of the world, August fifteenth, and um, I think this is a wonderful little opportunity for for us, for me, first of all, <laughs> to deepen deepen this uh, what I've been given, which I think was the most impactful retreat that I've that I've had, which is saying a lot because there's been wonderful retreats I've had over my years. And also a chance to, to to put out some of these um, some of these some of these jewels that I was able to take in myself. All right, so um, let's just start with a little introduction to retreats. It's always good to be reminded of of these things that uh, we've probably heard before, but. Um, always good to, to note and to prepare ourselves so we can dispose our minds and our hearts the best we can to receive the infinite graces that God wants to pour upon us. So, and the princi- one of these principles too for, for any retreat is that the more you prepare yourself, the more you um, put the right amount of time and energy into it, uh, the more you're going to, to receive and so, whatever that may be, we—you guys got busy lives, and you got a million things going on. So it might very—it might not be that you're supposed to dedicate all your time and energy into this uh, little retreat and do nothing else during the day. I doubt that'll be for anybody to do something like that. But uh, at least to set aside a quiet time to to listen to the chat, to the talk that I'm giving, and. Uh, also, a quiet time for the meditation I think would be a wonderful um, start and what 's really at the heart of it from there you 're free to to um, spend more time in prayer to take notes if that helps uh, deepen a few points yourself, um, look up some of the resources i 'll give you, etc all right so um another thing for the retreat is to always pray for for yourself pray for others who are listening to the same the same message and pray for the retreat master myself that'll be a little retroactive because we're doing podcast here but that's okay Uh, god is eternal and it will all work out in the end so please pray for me as well all right. Um, yeah, one more, another thing about retreats. Um, it's all lined up for the encounter with the Lord. Siena has just walked in my room. We will be talking about Saint Catherine of Siena later, which our cat is named after. But in the meantime, I'm going to put the cat out the door. Alrighty. Um, Yes, this is all lined up. The one thing, and this is what uh, Father John of the Seneca really stressed too, is that this is all pointed towards, all lined up. And the only real fruit of any retreat is that we dispose ourselves to encounter the Lord, and we have a real, real encounters. In the way that he he wants to make himself known to us. The theme, faith as a rebirth. So based off, or at least he started with the passage from John chapter three, verse three to five. Jesus answered. So, we must be born anew, born from above, born again, to enter the kingdom of God. Now, there was a beautiful quote from Aristotle. Aristotle speaking of how light makes the reality present to us. And the light of faith is what's going to allow us to be reborn, to allow us to have this birth into eternal life. And there's three births that Father John of the Seneca mentioned. There's our natural physical birth. There's the birth of faith. Which we'll be focusing on in this retreat, and then death, which is a birth, a birth to a new world. And birth can be a a painful experience, it is a painful experience, because it's a change of environment, a change of milieu. So Aristotle says, light makes the reality present to us. And the other four senses as well. That's how we take in reality, through our senses. And the light of faith. And there's that beautiful encyclical that uh, was under the name of Pope Francis, but that was really um, Pope Benedict XVI's uh, encyclical that he, that he wrote. Uh, just wasn't publicized before he um, retired, so to speak, (laughs) of his papacy. Um, The light of faith. And so there's something about uh, the light. As the light makes reality present to us, So the light of faith, revelation, makes supernatural realities present to us, which is beautiful because just as the the physical realities surround us, if we have our eyes closed, we can't see them. When we open our eyes, it becomes present. And so it is with supernatural realities that are always surrounding us, that are more present than physical realities in, uh, in a way that's more in line with truth with reality. Super, the supernatural reality is the source of all physical reality. And so Jesus is with us. The Father is with us. The Holy Spirit is with us. Mary and the saints are present to us. The angels are present to us. So they are always there. It's faith that allows us to, to see. And it's faith that's going to allow us to be born into the supernatural world. The life of the Trinity. It's communion of the Trinity. The love, the light, the life of the Blessed Trinity. To enter into that. Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is a gift that's given to us. We have that conviction. We have that Hope, which is sure, the anchor that is already in the supernaturality of the Holy Trinity, bringing us to our homeland, as long as we stay anchored in. And this conviction, this hope is given to us. It's going to be lived out in faith and charity. Here Father John went into a beautiful little reflection on the world as a sacrament, or in other words, the world as an icon and during the retreat, um, it was it was wonderful to to hear Father John's insights into um, our Eastern Eastern brethren, whether that be. The Eastern Catholic Church, or our um, separated brethren, the the Orthodox, the insights from the Orthodox Church. He ties that in a lot, um, and here he's speaking. Uh, he he went into a little reflection on icons, and if I can bring out a little, a little, little piece of that uh, here. Um, so icons, the physical icons, the paintings that are so revered and so used as in a sacramental way by the Orthodox and by our, the Eastern Church, um, that's really for us. That's really a gift that uh, is, is for us. And just as the, the world, all the reality that surrounds us, the universe is uh, made out of God's love. It's a, it's a gift. It's a gift, uh, especially for us, for us human beings. And that that is the trace of God that's in all of reality. And that by contemplating the beauty of nature, by um, especially seeing God in our brothers and sisters, that we are, are led to this invisible reality. That we're led to supernatural reality. And so the icon is something that makes present to us a supernatural reality. You have the Holy Family, the saints. Uh, You have an image of of Christ, or the transfiguration, which is a a theme that keeps coming uh, back for the Eastern Church to to contemplate the transfiguration of Jesus. You see, all these things are are present. And everything Jesus did, uh, because he's uh, God and man because he is eternal, that all these things um, expand throughout all time. All the things he did, every gesture, every word, every action, it's an eternal moment. And so the contemplation that can come through an icon leads us to these supernatural realities. And for us in the, in the Occidental Church, in the, in the Western, in our Western mindset, when we see a beautiful painting or an icon, it's almost a default position in our mind that instead of a moment of, of allowing that to lead us to a reality that's already present, it is more of a reminder of something that's absent. And that's not a very uh, realistic or metaphysical way of thinking. And there's a whole history of behind that that comes from uh, how philosophy and science and all that, our current mentalities develop to our, our present uh, state. And it's a work for each one of us to do, to bring bring ourselves back to a real healthy way of seeing the world, of relating to the world, relating to others, of just the way we use our brain, our logic, etc. But for here, we can say that this um, this way of seeing art, and we could expand that too, to music, to to sacred images, um, to all the sacramentals, etc. that it's to remind us, I'm uh, sorry, it's not to remind us of something that's absent, but it's to bring us into the presence of something that's already there. So when we see uh, an image of the sacred heart of Jesus, it's not that, oh, that was an apparition that was 300 years ago, to Saint Margaret Mary, and and that was a, a reminder of of Christ, who actually lived two thousand years ago, but he's not with us anymore, and that apparition's not happening anymore. No, it's the Sacred Heart of Jesus, his love for us being poured out from his heart is going on now. And so that image is to remind us of that. Yes, remind us of that, but most importantly, to bring us into the actual presence, the actual reality. Next, Father John went into a reflection on Matthew 25 and how, um, as this world is a sacrament and how art can lead us into supernatural reality, Perhaps the greatest way and the most difficult way to lead us back to God and have this faith as a rebirth is to find God in our brothers and sisters. And hence Matthew 25, what you did to the least of these, you did to me. Now interesting enough, and this would be a point that would have to be deep in research, look at church fathers, saints, etc. But he brought up something that was rather new to me. I think I've heard it alluded to before, but um and this isn't a dogmatic statement that he was giving, uh but he was saying that Matthew twenty five, um I believe it's verses thirty one to forty six, you know, the final judgment, um is is more speaking to us about how non-Christians or those who didn't have the light of faith will be judged. Because it's it's speaking about how they didn't know Christ and they didn't know that what they were doing uh, had anything to do with, with Christ. And... And for these who didn't have the light of faith, what is it that allows them to be blessed by Christ and to enter into the joy of the Father? It's by charity. So in other words, it's their, it's their obedience. It's their loving obedience to the graces that God has given them. And so these, these pagans... Uh, whoever it is that didn't know Christ in this world, they will be judged by charity, they will be judged uh, by how they've cooperated with God's grace. But for us, for us Christians who know Christ and know that our, everybody is made in the image of God, that that's all the more incentive for us to... Uh, to love others and to discover God in all our brothers and sisters. And this will be a theme that will keep recurring throughout our retreat. Um, a theme of uh, this faith and charity being connected and all this being tied in together with uh, obedience, with a loving obedience, with obeying God's commands. There's a beautiful little reflection that I read just this morning in a book called Descending Fire. It's by Jean Petit. So this is originally uh, in French. It's from his journal, this priest, which he named himself Jean Petit. Uh, But it's anonymous, anonymous name, because he doesn't want his name to be known. It was written, it was published in the 50s. And it is, really lives up to the title, Descending Fire. It's full of, uh, full of warmth and light. Uh, and there's a lot of reflections. He was a big fan, to say the least, of St. Therese of the Lisieux. But concerning our reflection here about, the world being a sacrament, um, the world being an icon, and our brothers and sisters uh, as kind of the, the principal sacrament, he had this beautiful little writing in his journal. The creator has concealed in the universe many powerful forces that have an impact on our soul and awaken it in awe. The fury of the storm and of the ocean the mystery of the chasm and of the mountain, the explosion of the atom. But the creature itself should be for us a sign of more hidden wonders, and the great manifestations of nature announce to us more moving secrets. The contemplation of these things can leave the soul mystified It is the divine fire invading the world. All right, this is getting a little long. Let me see how we're doing on time here. 23 minutes. Okay, I'll leave then for you Psalm 16. Uh, Father John of the Cynical meditated on this for a long time. It was beautiful as a rediscovery of this psalm. And let me make sure we have the right one, because depending on how your Bible is numbered, um, it will be either Psalm 15 or Psalm 16. It starts off with, Preserve me, O God. For in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my God. I have no good part apart from you. It's a beautiful uh, psalm on the closeness of God. And so, uh, let that be a little meditation for you and a prayer of praise. If you have time, uh, meditate on that psalm. And and then to end our first uh, talk here, um, Father, Father John mentioned St. Teresa of Avila, who are other cats named after, by the way, um, about how she always came back to the humanity of Christ always coming back to the humanity of Christ. And that'll be a reoccurring um, kind of theme here too throughout the retreat, And that it's to ground ourselves in reality and to um, become right to this encounter with Christ in his sacred humanity. During the time of St. Teresa of Avila, there were two kind of uh, opposite poles that were um, flourishing, uh, that were both uh, dangerous in a way, also, and that I think both led the heresies. One was uh, a devotional way of of praying, and the other was illumination. I don't think the devotional way was necessarily a heresy, but it would lead um, often especially the religious, I'm sure it spilled over into the lay people's life, where prayer life was just about fulfilling obligations and fulfilling all these things, uh, these prayers, these novenas. these, And so it would be uh, all these repetitive prayers, but where the heart was missing, the, the presence of God, the stillness, the silence, the contemplation. And um, that was very prevalent during her days. And then on the other side, illumination. So kind of uh, letting go of grounding yourself in uh, reality and humanity um, and just kind of being uh, flowed away into this uh, mysticism. And so both are a dead end. And the illumination especially that was... The danger, especially for St. Teresa of Avila, who had a very fiery soul for contemplation, for mysticism and all that. So it was pretty natural that she would be drawn into that. But it was a Jesuit priest who, um, in spiritual direction or confession, kind of pointed her back to the humanity of Christ. And from that moment, she would always stay with that, with the humanity of Christ. Okay, so now we'll end with our meditation. Um, I was torn between giving you um, the gospel for the day or the actual passage that Father John of the Cenacle gave us on the first talk. Um, so I'll just mention both here, and then I think we'll do the meditation on Matthew 13, the one Father John gave so the reason why, though, I thought the gospel would be so good, is that it's, it, speaks about, um, it speaks about the value of our life, uh, letting go of all things that are unnecessary, and uh, our death. And our death being that moment where we hold on to nothing... And so there's no point of accumulating uh, unnecessary things. And so already, I just wanted to plant that seed that, uh, and we're going to come back to that, especially at the end of our retreat, to um, really prepare ourselves for that final birth, that final birth into eternal life. And so the gospel for um, today, for the 18th Sunday of ordinary time, is a beautiful little reflection for that. What we're going to meditate, though, on is Matthew 13, verse 44 to 50. It's Matthew 13, verse 44 to 50. Now, with these meditations, we want to be specific and ask for real graces and be be very bold uh, and very childlike. And we can only be bold by being childlike because otherwise it's going to be quite prideful. So you come as a child who comes to his father, who is good, who is loving, who wants to pour out all his gifts and graces upon you, which he will in time and in measure and in his wisdom, but you can ask for it all now, <laughs> ask for it as your heart's desire. And this is a beautiful passage on the treasure, the hidden treasure, um, And the pearl of great price, and the sifting of the darkness and the light, the evil and the good uh, that comes at judgment, that comes with God's truth. And so reflect on that. What is the treasure? What is the pearl of great price? And what is it? in your soul, that needs to be sifted? What is the chaff? What is the wheat? So kind of three questions there to meditate on. What is the pearl? What is the treasure? And where does God need to sift? What is the chaff that needs to be blown away? What is the wheat that needs to be taken into the barn? Now remember, use, don't be afraid to use your imagination to really enter into the scene, imagine these things in your mind and allow this passage to come alive for you. Let's pray. Now, Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Ignatius, pray for us. Saint Therese of Lisieux, pray for us. Saint Teresa of Avila, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.